Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any graduates here? Hallelujah. Uh, any graduates here say hallelujah. Any graduates here who knows if it wasn't for the Lord who was on your side? Mm. Hallelujah. Oh my. Oh my. I don't know what's going on in here. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him about 30 seconds of more praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We exalt you. Hallelujah. 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 You know, you know, there's a, there's a story in 2 Samuel, around the 22nd verse, where the devil stole, the enemy stole everything from David. Everything. I mean, not only his stuff, but his families. And David started feeling sorry for himself. But the Bible says that David didn't wait. No, no, the Bible doesn't say this. I'm adding this now. The Bible doesn't say that, says that David didn't wait for a praise team. David didn't wait for a ham and organ. David didn't wait for a guitar or drums. David didn't even wait for a preacher. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you can't wait for people to stir you up. Sometimes you got to stir yourself up. Even when you don't feel anything, it seems like when you stir yourself up, the Holy Spirit says, oh, I see you. Ha. Huh. And so I'm going to praise him even when I don't feel like praising him. I will bless the Lord at all times. The good times and the bad times. I don't know what you got in your final exam, but he's still worthy to be praised. I don't know how many rejection letters you got from the graduate school or from the job, but he's still worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord is worthy to be praised. We don't praise him because we feel good. I said we don't praise him because he feel good. We praise him because God is good. Let everything, I said let everything, I said let everything that has breath, even if you have bad breath, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for how you're going to speak to us. We thank you because the wind is blowing and we're going to move wherever you want us to move and however you want us to move. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you take your seat, tell somebody next to you, there's only one. Amen, there's only one. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Ah, man.
every once in a while feel like having a Holy Ghost conniption. And you ever see a Holy Ghost conniption? Some of you don't know what a Holy Ghost conniption is because you're, you know, sort of like when you go, hey, that's a Holy Ghost conniption. You know, feel like the whole. Ah, anyways, we are, yeah, somebody's heard that. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Uh, mm. 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 You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For you are all things, and to you.
speak to us. We honor you and we bless you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we ask it and declare it. Amen. Amen. Well, before we continue, this church can go nowhere. Obviously without Jesus, but obviously it can't go anywhere without people who give their time and their talent and their treasure to see the work of the Lord go forward. And we just praise God for the volunteers that God has blessed us with. And we have a volunteer award. And it says, oh, I like this one. It is the volunteer for the biggest heart. And so the volunteer who wins the Biggest Heart Award is our own Mama Rita Martin. Zach, Zach, could you escort her up here? Mama Rita. Come on, let's get, come on, come on, we need. Come on, folks, you can do better than that. This says, the biggest heart award, Rita Martin, in recognition of your dedication and your willingness to serve in any ministry where you are needed with a willing heart a loving attitude, we appreciate you. God bless you. Come on, let's give her a hand. She serves as a welcome, on a welcome team. She went to a, um, I believe it's a homeless shelter and helped clean up theirs. I mean, she just has a big heart. And this also lets you know that, amen. This also, she's an, also an example to us young people, I'm gonna say us, <laughs> uh, that you never, when it comes to the God's work, you never retire, you simply refire. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 to 19. I'm really excited about this, especially for those of you who are graduating or those of you who are you know, getting ready to wrap up your school year, those of you who are starting new jobs and, or new seasons in your life. This is really going to help you to understand that you have nothing to worry about. Amen. You have nothing to worry about. Mm. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 to 19. 
Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. People were wondering who Jesus was, and Jesus uh, asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they responded, some say you're John the Baptist, resurrected from the dead. Some say you're Je Jeremiah. Some say you're some other prophet. But then he said, okay, you the guys who've been hanging around with me for three years, who, who do you say I am? And Peter responded, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which is Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood that is no human being has revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say also to you, or I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Can you say church? Church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys. Can you say keys? I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I wanted to speak to you on the subject of uh, Jesus in the church. Jesus in the church. And what I want to do uh, is a scripture in Isaiah chapter 43, which we have been really leaning into as, as a congregation. Uh, we received a word from Pastor Chandler back in January, but particularly from this scripture where it says, uh, it says, the Lord says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? In other words, God is already doing something. The question is, do you perceive it? And what, what's interesting about that word new that word new in the Hebrew, because the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew and the New Testament was written in Aramaic and Greek, that word new means fresh. Can you say fresh? So God is doing a, a fresh thing, and I was trying to give a, I was trying to find God, what is an illustration of a fresh thing so that we can understand, because we're not talking about like fresh fruit or fresh vegetables or someone has something new, you say, oh, they're looking at least the old uh, slang word means, oh, those, no, those sneakers are fresh, or those shoes are fresh, or those, sh whatever. But the Lord said to me, well, here's a picture, here's a modern-day picture of what I mean fresh. A and he said, it's when you are looking at a computer screen with old information, and you press refresh so that the new information is before you. Let me give you an illustration. I shared this before. Because, you no, know, this is the basketball playoffs and there's multiple games going on. There's been times when I've looked at my phone and said, oh my goodness, the team that I'm rooting for is losing with three minutes left. And I said, wait a minute, let me press refresh. Let me press uh, uh, game cast. Let me, let me press uh, uh, something that's going to bring me up a new screen just in case I'm looking at an old screen. And there's been times when I pressed it and realized not only did my team win, but the game is over. So in other words, I'm looking at a screen that's been caught in the past. I am preaching better than you're responding. <laughs> Some of you are looking at a screen of the old you. 
And God is saying, I have a new you that has already been taken a place, but you need to perceive what I'm doing. Because I am doing something new in you. Mm. There, help me, Jesus. There is some, have you ever, mm, have you ever been in financial need and a check that was unexpected came through the mail? Okay. Now, when you, when you look, if you get it in snail mail, if you look at the postmark, it was sent days ago. You're just getting it now. God is saying to some of you, when you first prayed, I heard you. But the answer will not come when you want it. But the, hey, the answer is coming just in time. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, if you don't have it yet, it's not time. Oh my. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I do know this, that when I worked for the city of Cambridge, they had owed me money. This was back in, I want to say 1983-ish, before you know, you all, many of you were even born. But they owed me money from 1977. I didn't know it, but then when I needed it, God revealed to somebody that they owed me money back from 1977, and when the check came in, and this is a lot of money back then, in fact, some of you even say this is a lot of money now, the check was $6,500. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My point is, you have no idea what God has cooking for you that you're not even aware of. But when it happens, why, I don't know who I'm talking to, why wait till you get the blessing when you can praise him right now knowing that whatever door he's going to open, help is on the way. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I say all that to say that when Jesus is talking, I'm, I'm trying to refresh your mind, because when Jesus is talking about church, it is, it is a Greek word, ekklesia, ekklesia. And it, ek means out, and klesia means called. So the church is the called out ones. It's not the building. It's not the light. It's not the stained glass windows. The church be you. You are the called out ones. And, and and when Jesus says, upon this rock, I'll build my church, I'm, I need to change your paradigm of church or else you're going to be stuck in religiosity. You're going to be stuck in the four walls, not, not understanding that you have power and, and, and authority and responsibility. 
So, so this word ecclesia, when Jesus says, upon this rock I'll build my church, unfortunately because of we're reading the scriptures uh, uh, 2,000 years later, what we, don't, we, we think of church as the body of Christ, and, it, and, the, and the church is the body of Christ. We think of the church as the bride of Christ, and the church is the bride of Christ. But Jesus, when he's speaking here, he is not talking about the body of Christ or the bride of Christ. He's not even talking about the things that Paul refers to in the book of Acts and, and throughout the New Testament. When he's talking about church, everybody in, 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 within the sound of his voice, knew what he was talking about. Because when he said church, that word church existed 600 years before Jesus even came on the scene. The word church, the word ecclesia, it is not a religious word. It is a legislative word. And this, this legislative body came into existence in 620 BC, as in before Christ. It became a legal entity in 580 BC. So almost 600 years before Jesus came on the scene, the ecclesia, the church, was in existence. But he is not talking about that kind of church. Are you following me? And, and so this word ecclesia, it, it re it's called, it really means I gave you the etymology, but the, the ecclesia really was an assembly of competent citizens of a region who gathered at regular, that is weekly intervals, in order to government, govern. Again, they gathered in weekly intervals in order to govern. They gathered in weekly intervals in order to govern. They gathered on Sunday morning to get instruction in order to go out into their districts and govern. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, if you belong to Jesus, you are part of the House of Representatives. So, because it's so hard for us to understand is because we're religious, Jesus many times when he's talking to the religious people, uh, he says things like, because he's trying to explain to them the kingdom. And he says many times, the kingdom of God is like. And so he would use an illustration to help them to understand what he is talking about. So, for example, and you know this one, uh, if, you, if you've been in church any time uh, or any length of time, in Matthew chapter 13, verses 45, he says, the kingdom of God is like a man who found, a merchant, a businessman, who found a pearl of amazing price. It, uh, uh, invaluable. He found the pearl, he dug it and covered it up, and then he sold everything he had to purchase that, per that, that pearl. In other words, he's saying that the kingdom of God is so valuable, it's, it's worth selling out everything that you have. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so I'm going to give you an illustration or an example of what he's talking about. It is like Jesus, it is like Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 8, 
chapter 16, verse 18, he says, he's, 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 it's, like, it's like he's saying, say like. It's like he's saying, upon this rock, I will build my Congress. And as you are a member of the kingdom of heaven's Congress. Oh, this is deep. And as a member of the kingdom of heaven's Congress, are you hearing me? You are part of his house of representatives. What do you mean I'm a representative? Who elected me? Glad you asked. Number one, you were, you were elected by Jesus. He calls you the elect. Mark chapter 13, verse 27. Paul calls us in Titus chapter 1, verse 1, the elect. Are you with me? Uh, uh, Peter even calls us in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, we are the elect. Jesus elected us when he died on the cross. So I'm elected as, as a representative of the kingdom of God. You need to understand when Jesus came to planet Earth, he preached the kingdom of God. Matthew 3, verse 2, John comes and he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then when, Matthew, then when uh, John the Baptist, he's thrown into prison, Jesus picks it up in Matthew 4, verse 17, and he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, you need to change the way you think because what on, the government of God is within your reach. I'm, 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 I'm setting you up here because you are about to do things that is, that's just going to make your head spin because you understand that you're not a church member. You are a representative of a government. If you knew who you represented, you would be walking a little bit different. Because again, the, the ecclesia is an assembly of competent citizens, meaning that your citizenship is not U.S. or, or Nigeria or Colombia, the uh, country in South, South America, or Ghana, or any other place, China or Japan. Your, your citizenship is in heaven. If you knew who you were a citizen of, you would act differently. Now, man, this is deep. Don't worry. It, 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 you're going you're gonna to say thank you after this. You are a representative. What do you mean? I am a priest. The Bible says, and I don't want to get you... I don't, I, you can read it for yourself. When Jesus, when God brought Israel out of Egypt, he wanted them to be a nation of priests. Exodus chapter 19, verse 6. I'm, I'm giving you, again, you need to understand that every government has a constitution. Every government has a constitution. Okay? And this is our constitution. The more you learn the more authority you can walk in. Our problem is, is we don't know the Constitution, 
we don't know our rights. And so when the, de oh, when the devil pulls us over, he, he, he takes advantage of our ignorance. And that's why Hosea says in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, he says, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Because they don't know their rights, the devil, who is the prosecutor, takes advantage of us. And we're crying out to God, God help me, God help me. And God is like, I can't help you because I gave you authority. He said, I am preaching, boy, I'm preaching. He said, he said, he said, he said, I giving you the keys. And what's happening, to, oh, I, I, I'm making myself happy, so you, you all can leave or whatever. I'm making myself happy. So, so it's like me standing at the door of my house with the keys, with, with the keys to the door in my pocket asking strangers who walk by, could you help me get my house? Could you help me get my house? And, and they're looking at me like, what's that jingling in your pocket? Oh, I think it's change. I think, no, you have the keys. God help me. God said, I'm not helping you. You have the keys. And the key, guess where the key is? The key is not in your pocket. The key is your mouth. You waiting on God. God said, no, I'm waiting on you. When Daniel was waiting for God to answer his prayer, when the angel finally came, and I'm going to talk about angels, Lord have mercy, I'm talking about angel. He, later, he says, the angel says in Daniel chapter 10 verse 12, Daniel, from the time you started praying 21 days ago, the, God heard your prayer and sent me, but I've been, a bat and I've been in a battle in the heavenlies. And I've been trying to get to you, but now... I have showed up, watch this, because of your words. I've showed up because of your word. Daniel chapter 10 verse 12, read it for yourself. I showed up because of your word. What does that mean? That means because you kept praying, even though you didn't see it, your, your praying kept me going. But if you stop praying, I stop going. That's why men are always to pray and not faint. Men are always to pray and not give up. What have you stopped praying for? Maybe because you stopped praying, the angel hasn't been fueled to keep coming. I know you want me to, you know, to, 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 to whoop and holler and, oh, Mary had a little lamb, huh? Fleece was white as snow, and Mary, hickory dickory dot, and you will shout and leave this place still ripped off by the devil because his job is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Mm. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 tells me I'm a representative. I represent God on the earth, and I represent people to God. When somebody asks you to pray for them, they're asking you to be a representative. They're asking you to be an intercessor who will allow the intercessor, Holy Spirit, to speak to the, the intercessor in heaven, which is Jesus. Two-thirds of of 
the Godhead are praying right now. Everybody with me so far? Okay, now, very quickly. There are five responsibilities of the ecclesia. You have five responsibilities, five blessings, uh, five things that God has given you and I authorities to do, authority to do. Uh, number one, the ecclesia, the ecclesia, number one, uh, they confer special blessings or special privileges or special favor on individuals. So we have, read it for yourself. Remember, I said you're a priest. Say, I'm a priest. And, and in Numbers chapter 6, it tells you one of the responsibilities of the priest. Read it for yourself. Numbers chapter, chapter 6. One of the responsibilities of a, of a, of a priest is to, is to release blessings on people. That's where that prayer, that blessing comes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the, so we have the power to bless that's why the devil tries to get you to curse your children. You're stupid. You're an idiot. How come you always keep making mistakes? You're never good enough. See, that's a curse. It's easy to curse and complain. But, deep, but Jesus even says, bless your enemies. Uh-oh. Next time somebody cuts you off, say, God bless you. Mm. Speak blessings. So if you remember, remember I had that, that, that blessing list? And, and what did I say? I said, start Sunday, and we'll see what God does when we get to this Sunday. Now see, I, can't, I, can't, I cannot take account for you, but I believe this stuff. Friday night, say Friday night. After service, a couple came up to me and they said, Bishop, I got a story to tell you. You're not going to believe this. And I'm, and I'm excited because I remember we've been quoting this, these blessings, okay, because I'm a, I'm, I'm a member of the ecclesia and I was like pronouncing the blessings and, and they said, I've been waiting. And see, we as Americans, we who were born in this country don't appreciate this, but this person said, I mean, right after... Uh, um, the night of encounters said we've been waiting for a green card for 11 to 12 years and God started moving where we went to this one woman and she said make sure you come back and see me see me they went to wherever they had to go to get the green card and at least three different people told them, the woman's not here today. On, and and, and, and the, 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 on the way out, they left. This is God. And I thought they were going to say, oh, and you bumped into, you know, you're trying to tell the story for them. You bumped into the person, and then they said, no, the person somehow found out we were there and texted us and said, come back in. And the same day, they gave them a green card. See, the people who are clapping know how hard it is. 12 years. Do you think it was by accident that it happened last week when we started making declarations? 
I'm telling you, God is ready to do some things if you understand that I have the right to confer blessings. Oh, another thing is that they have the right to make decisions on both internal and external policies of the government in a region, watch this, especially on financial matters, say financial matters. I'm gonna come back to that. They also have the, res the responsibility to summon an army to assemble for war. Four, they, four, they have the responsibility to rule on societal and, and cultural matters for its geographical location and territory. And finally, it has the final control over policies, including the right to hear appeals. Don't worry about all that, because I'm only going to deal with one thing. I'm talking about, and I'm almost done, that the ecclesia has the right to make decisions on both internal and external policies of government in a region, especially on financial matters. Now, I know that sounds confusing, so let me explain to you a little bit of poli-sci so that you can understand who the church is supposed to be. Basically, what this is saying is that the the that we, as the church, we are the house of representatives, and within the church, within the Congress, is a little committee that nobody cares about, but it affects every one of our lives. It's called the Committee of Ways and Means. And any, anybody know what I'm talking about? The Ways and Means. See, see. You, and some of you are like, ah, oh, who would it See, you, you, you read, <laughs> you're reading all this news about the debt limit, and you're like, I don't care about the debt limit. You need to care about the debt limit because it affects your life. The Ways and Means Committee has the responsibility to make sure that there's enough money raised to run the government. Mm. What does that mean, Bishop? That means that the Ways and Means Committee can raise taxes on you as an individual. The Ways and Means Committee can raise taxes on corporations. The Ways and Means Committee, can ra they, they raise money so that people who retire can get social security. My mom, she's over 65, she has Medicare. They raise the money to make sure that Medicare is paid for. If you're, if you're, if you're, uh, what do you call it, your baby's mama or your baby's daddy doesn't pay child support, guess what? The Ways and Means Committee make sure that they pay. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, they, they, they make sure that tariffs are raised so that all imports will bring revenue. In other words, if the government says that it needs if this much money to run the government, the Ways and Means Committee can say, we need this much money and we're gonna make it law that this much money comes in. Now I'm not even gonna explain what the debt limit stuff because that, that, that's not a part of my message, but the point is is that the reason why we have to wait, ah, the reason why we have to raise the debt limit is because we don't have enough, the, because it takes this much to, 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 uh, to run the government, and we only have this much money that's coming in, so the rest of this money is debt. It's like your credit card. 
You buy a car for 18, well, no, I can't forget 18, $30,000. You think you walked out of that because of your car payments? No, the bank paid the rest, but now you're paying the payments, which is debt. My point is this, my point is this, is that in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is never in debt. God always has enough money to run his kingdom. And if you understood that you are a part of the Ways and Means Committee of God, what's the way? God's way is perfect. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct a path. The means that God has to, oh man, I thank you. The, the means that God has for you to finance his kingdom is faith. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The bank of heaven never needs money. I can go into the bank of heaven and put my credit card in the bank and it will cover every need. Do you know that the word credit really means believe? Oh man, are you getting this? In other words, when you pre present your credit card, you have what they call a credit limit. Are you with me? Okay, please, if, if, if you don't remember this, listen to it because it's going to help you. And, 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 and what the bank is saying is that we'll make your credit limit $10,000. Are you with me so far? Because we credit, we believe, look it up. Look it up in your dictionary. The etymology of the word credit is credeo, which means believe. We believe that you can at least pay $10,000. How many of you you, you've gotten a notice from the bank that said, we have raised your credit limit. That's good. What they're saying is, you pay your bills so well that we're going to give you more credit so you can get more stuff. What am I saying? I'm saying that the kingdom of God does not run by what you have in your pocket, what you have in your bank account. The kingdom of God runs according to how much faith you have. Big faith gets big things, little faith gets little things. That's why, Lord have mercy, I'm preaching up in here. When I started understanding this, in the middle of a pandemic, God said, you're going to pay off, a PT, two buildings in the middle of a pandemic. You're going to pay off one building at $525,000, and then you're going to pay off this church at $635,000, all in eight years, because I, when it comes to faith, and ah, there is no pandemic, there's no recession in the kingdom of heaven. And once you understand that, Lord have mercy. You all ain't saying nothing here. So every year during the pandemic, I said to the accountant, how much money do you, we need? And they said, then you need X amount of dollars. One year, well, in fact, one year, they, one year they said, you need $2 million, Bishop. I said, really? I said, I put it right there. I said, and I, I remember saying to him, I said, how much, how much do we need? Because you, you're the professional. You got your master's degree. It was before uh, Brother Paul. And, and he said, well, 
ah, we need this. And I said, all right, tell me something. So you said, we need 1.7 in the pandemic? I said, he said, yeah. I said, how much if, how much about if we, if we get, what, what amount do you think we need that will make you go, whoa? And he said, 1.8. And I said, okay, what if, what, what would we need to get that would make you say that was God? He said, well, <laughs> 1.9. I said, okay, this was, this was October. I said, okay, I'm gonna put on my prayer wall, we have a prayer room, I'm gonna put $1.9 million on the prayer wall, and my wife and I, we would pray, we would pray, we would pray. And that year, it was two years ago, we ended up bringing in some of you who were part of our finance, $1.9 million. I'm telling you, and, and again, I say that to the glory of God, and it's not bragging, it's what, and I'm saying to you that you need to understand that God will finance his assignments. If he wants you to do something, stop worrying about the paycheck, stop worrying about comfort, wherever God wants to have you, if you understand your assignment, I don't care how bad the job is, I don't care how little it pays, if God wants you there, he's gonna supply your every need. He's gonna bring people into your life. Stop worrying about people and worry about the assignments. Thank you, Jesus. I'm talking to somebody right now. When I left my job, at, uh, I was a budget analyst at Cambridge Hospital, 14 years, making good money and had health insurance. And the Lord said, I want you to pass the Pentecostal tabernacle. And I remember saying, okay, God. And the Lord said, and don't, don't tell them what salary you need. Don't ask for a salary. And I took the job, passing the church, and they gave me, gave me more than I expected, but it was a lot less than what I was getting. And on top of that, I had no health insurance. And my oldest daughter had sickle cell. But because I said yes to the assignment, God supernaturally gave us health insurance, supernaturally. In fact, <laughs> the day that my job's health insurance ran out, the new health insurance kicked in. God told us to live in a certain town that I said, there's no way I can afford it even when I, we both were working there. And God says, God will show off. Am I helping somebody here? God will show off because, because when I was working and my wife was working and, and anybody who knows banking, they want to know, can you pay back what you borrowed? So I try to make sure that I buy a house at our highest income. And every time I went to look at a house, it was, e it was either too much or we didn't like it. And finally, time ran out, and on June, I think it was June 2nd, 1995, I became pastor of the church. 
I left my job and I was angry at God. I said, God, you told me to quit my job. You told me that you're gonna get us a house and now what am I gonna do? I'm making, I'm making less money than I was at job. And, 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 and they're gonna look for stability and they're gonna say, wait a minute, you, you left the job making this much to be a preacher? You're crazy, we ain't never gonna give you any money. Let me tell you something. That's when God said, now I'm going to show you what I can do without your help. I'm talking to somebody right now because God has the ability to get you into school even though your grades are jacked up. God has the ability to put you on the top of the list even though you're not the best one because he wants to make sure that he gets the glory. But say it's about the assignment. Say it again. It's about the assignment. Say it again. It's about the assignment. Stop worrying about the money. Stop worrying about your, you know, your aptitude and you're not the best. It's about the assignment. I don't care how jammed up your grades are. I don't care how jacked up your resume is. If God wants to put you someplace, it's about the assignment. It's not about your prestige. It's about the assignment. Once you have a kingdom mentality, God will put you in doors that you have no business being in. Woo! I'm preaching to somebody. And I remember six months, no, five months after I, we left, I left my, my job, a realtor called me. It's Thanksgiving. We had looked at 29 houses. And I said, well, God, you messed up. No sense in looking for any house anymore. Get a call from the realtor. I got a house for you in, 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 in Arlington. I said, what? said, hon, they got a house for us. My wife said, I ain't look, forget it, done. You, you go. Walked into the house, and God said, this is your house. I looked at the price. I said, I'm not sure if this is my house. <laughs> he said, this is your house. Said to the people, this is all I could afford. Watch this. What did I say? I said, you can call in favors. The people said, you know what? We grew up in this house as kids. I don't know. We wanted another family to be in this house. We like you. So we're just going to drop the price. That's all right. I think God is waiting for things to get so messed up that you got to trust him. And then when he pulls off, mm-hmm, 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 let me just look at some people at the corner of my eye. When, when he pulls it off, mm, let me just look at people at the corner of my eye, uh, he's going to get the glory. He's going to get the glory. And I've seen people in this church who, when they buy a house and move out, the owner says, we're going to leave you this, we're going to leave you this, so that not only do you buy a house, but God leaves stuff in there for you. Oh, I am preaching. You have no idea. You, you're going to be sitting in a job and somebody said, oh, did you know that such and such left just before you came here and that's why you got that job? Did you know that someone just wanted, decided to create a job for you? Say this with me. I am going to stop Worrying about my future and worry and pursue God's assignment.
I'm t I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that whatever it takes to finance God's purpose in your life, he will do it. But when he does it, don't be given the credit to luck. Because for some of you, God's going to do something that is so crazy that when you explain it to somebody, it will even sound crazy to you. And you'll be embarrassed and start trying to help God make sense. You need to be bold as anything and say, won't he do it? God did it. Don't be ashamed. When God blesses you, you need to, you need to praise him like you're in church. I mean, you, you need to bucking, kicking. What, it doesn't take all that. Well, you know what? If, if God will do this and all I have to do is go, hey, thank you. Ah, you know what? I'll do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing impossible for God to do if you would believe the ways and means. What do I need to accomplish my kingdom assignment? God, what do, what do we need to accomplish his assignment? And again, please understand my heart. Won't you stand? Everybody stand. Everybody stand. And then we're going to just pray for our graduates. Would anybody stand? No, when I give these numbers and figures and all that, it is not to show off. Please understand my heart. It is to encourage you that there's nothing impossible for God. We had a person here who recently ran this huge conference. And they ran, see, they ran the conference by faith. No money. Did you hear what I said? No money. Did you hear what I said? No money. The conference was almost $200,000. No money. But they had faith. Every time you get on your knees. You are at heaven's, I'll use this expression, teller's window. And depending on your faith, you can slip the withdrawal slip to heaven and come back from heaven to earth with all that you need for the assignment. After the conference, I asked the person, they called me up, I tell you, they wanted to scream. I was like, what happened? They said, Bishop, the conference was such a blessing that somebody texted me and said, 
I am putting into the organization's account today, say today, it wasn't yesterday, it was, it was a few weeks ago, a quarter of a million dollars. said, Bishop, I looked into our account, and three hours later, the money was there. If you knew what God could really do, you would spend more time praying. I could tell you story after story of our own lives, because I understand that my needs are not met by my bank account. It's on my knees coming to the God that's saying, God, I am part of the ecclesia. I am one of your house of representatives. And Lord, this is what I need to get this done for you. And won't he do it? Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to do two prayers, and then we're going to let you go. First of all, I want you to just take one minute and just pray for the person next to you and ask God, this is one prayer, you can say however ways you want it, but God, increase my brother or my sister's faith because God, I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do some amazing things in your life. Oh. So just for one minute, just, just pray for the person next to you right now. If there's somebody behind you, pray for them. Say, God, increase their faith. God, remove their anxiety. If you're online, whether if you're watching with people or you're watching by yourself, then say, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Increase my faith. Increase my faith. I, I'm, I'm asking God, increase my faith because I know there's more he wants to do through Pentecostal Tabernacle. There's, there's people who are in need. So I said, God, we need more money to, to minister. Uh, we're sending a missions team to Honduras. Lord, we need money. Lord, uh, Lady Carmen and I are going to Romania to be a blessing. We need more finances, Lord. We're going to you. We're going to you. We're going to you. We're going to you, Lord Jesus. You are, we are members of the Ways and Means Committee. You are our way and you are our means to accomplish your purpose. Now I'm gonna ask those of you who are graduates, we're gonna, we're gonna end with this way. I don't care if you graduated into elementary school or you graduated into middle school, junior high school, high school, college, grad school, postdoc, whatever. I don't care if you graduated in mechanic school. Well, you graduated from something. Cooking, I don't care, you graduated from something. Okay? Okay. You, you ought to be celebrating. There's, there's no, there's no, well, they got their PhD, so we're going to give a big celebration. No. Whatever you graduated from, we're going to bless you, right? Because it, as the ecclesia, I have the authority to bless. It is not 
it is not my authority. It's authority that has been given to me, and I might as well use it. I have a friend who, a relative who owns a villa in Barbados, and they said, you can use it for one week a year for free. I can't go around bragging, I own a villa in Barbados, no, but I do have authority, you know why? Because they gave me the keys. So why wouldn't I go to Barbados, man? <laughs> Give me some Mobby and some, anyways. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus, I'm feeling it already. Uh, graduates, why don't you come forward? Why don't you come forward? We want to celebrate you. Wow. 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 Come on, let's celebrate them. Woo. Yes. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. God, God wow. You interned with us. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, oh. Amen. 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 Now, if you're online, if you're online and you're like, oh, boy, I wish I was there. You are here. You are here. So if you're a graduate, now stand in front of your device. That's right. Stand in front of the TV. You with us. Stand in front of the TV. You got your little child? Nope. Stand in front of the TV. Or, or you have a little, you're on the phone, stand in front of the phone. Like, like look, this is your day. Amen. My daughter, unfortunately, when she graduated, when she got her master's degree, Jessica was leading worship, was during the pandemic. So there was, you know that day, there was no, there was no, she, she threw herself on her own graduation. She had graduate class and she's standing there and had a, had, yeah, it's true. You better, you better learn how to throw your own party. So if you are online, stand in front of your phone and say, yeah, I'm here. Put in the chat, yeah, I see you. Okay. Now, I'm not the only one who's going to bless you. Everybody in this audience, we're going to bless them. And this is how we're going to do it, just like we did it last week. I am going to say the word. So I'm going to start out, Lord. So basically I'm going to say, Lord, I release into these graduates. And then we're going to say all the words that we're going to release into your life. Amen. And like I and thank you, you reminded me. And I want you to put your hands out. I want you to put your hands out. It, it is your way, it is, it, is, it is your way of saying, and if you're online, put your hands out. It's your way of saying, I'm receiving the blessing. Because guess what? You're receiving something. You may not see it, but you're receiving something. And I can hardly wait. When that couple came to me and said, after 11 to 12 years, I got a green card. Simply because we started knowing our authority as the ecclesia. They said, I love to worship, I love to dance, but, I, but being a part of the ecclesia is more than that. I'm starting to ask God to open doors 
for me so that I can walk in as a member of the House of Representatives. Thank you, Jesus. In three weeks, I'm going to Romania. And I remember, without my permission, this is how God is. God, God will blow your mind. I'm sitting at a table pastor of this amazing school is the third is the third most prestigious private school in the entire nation of Romania I have a picture of it of, of myself I think Lady Kama sit next to me of course we're the only blacks at the table because of Romania and everybody at the table starts introducing themselves and I'm saying to myself what am I doing at this table because a little bit to my left was the what do you call it the the, um, the diplomat I can't remember her name anyways the, 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 the diplomat from uh, from Finland yeah the, 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 I'm sitting, the ambassador from Finland and I'm looking, saying, and this other person, he's the mayor, uh, uh, the mayor of Bucharest. Bucharest is four million. And I'm saying, what am I doing at this table? I, God, I didn't even ask to be at this table. And God said, I put you there. And so seeing that I'm there, I'm like, okay, okay. Started flexing. <laughs> God wants you to flex for him, for him. So put your hands out, and everybody repeat after me. Lord, Lord. You, you don't have to say anything. We're, we're, we're blessing you all. Okay, you don't have to say anything. I mean, you, I'm not going to stop you from saying anything, but we are blessing you. Everybody say with me, Lord, Lord. I, release I release into the lives of every one of these graduates anointing blessings blessings plural blessings breakthrough clarity comfort yep those of you online deliverance direction excellence expectations Plural expectations. Mm -mm. Faith, faithfulness, favor, generosity. That means you being generous. This morning, my wife and I used to see the same woman standing in the rain collecting dollars. I had a $5 bill. I usually know, and I said, you know what? Who wants, who, who grows up saying, when I grow up, I'm going to stand in the rain homeless? And we, we try to be generous because if God can get blessings through you, he'll get blessings to you. Gentleness, goodness, grace, gratitude, growth, happiness, healings, honor, hope. Joy, justice, 
kindness, laughter, long-suffering, love, maturity, meekness, humility, mercy, miracles, patience, peace, power, prosperity, provision, purity, purity, purity. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Righteousness, salvation, self-control. Let me go off the rails a little bit. Lord, help me to control my mouth. I have the right to remain silent. Strength, victories, virtue, wisdom. Now everyone at this altar say, I receive them all. Come on, let's give God praise right now. Those of you who stood up, say, I receive all of it. I receive all of it. Amen. You can stay here. You can stay here. Now I'm going to say a final blessing for everybody. Put out your hand. We'll end with the usual blessing that we give. Now everybody put out your hands. Receiving. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, and compassionate to you. May the Lord, this week, show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. Finally, may the Lord give you his shalom. He is Jehovah Shalom. His peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord this week remove anything and everything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. This week, I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and everybody say I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Join us downstairs so we can congratulate these graduates. God bless you. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.